Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of our monthly Zoom Lives. Genuine Men's Zoom Lives started uh, during the COVID uh, period and the Genuine Men's Movement officially started last year with uh, the setup of a Genuine Men's Chat show earlier this year, podcast, workshops, and our Zoom Lives. And each express the often unheard honest views of men from various backgrounds, cultures, religions, and life experiences. It's also a rare opportunity for men to have a platform to express their views, their thoughts, their perspectives and obstacles in life with other men on topics that impact men, their families, their communities and societies as a whole. It's an unadulterated and an unfiltered look at what life is like from a man's perspective. Hi, I'm Reham, I'm the host and the Genuine Men's Coach. This is our 20th episode of the Genuine Men's Chat Zoom Lives, and today's topic is examining modern masculinity. I'm so eager to welcome our guest speaker today, John Foley. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you. Um, I Before we get started, before I get too excited and start getting into the questions and, <laughs> and the topics, um, why don't I... Um, why don't I start with a little bit more information around um, the uh, the um, your background? Let's go there. Let's talk about your background. So, perfect. Let me officially introduce you. John was in the U.S. military for 18 years, during which he's done multiple tours in both Iraq and Afghanistan. He describes himself as a guy with some life experience that wants to share some of his failures so that you feel better. He created men's methodology to examine modern masculinity because he feels that rules in the landscape or battlefield, if you will, are different for men and women. John promotes open and honest dialogues to normalize attitudes of weakness and vulnerability for the guys. He also encourages the female perspective from his female followers since it's critically important to have a holistic discourse with about mis masculinity with both. Welcome, John. Thank you. Super excited Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, so let's start wherever you're comfortable. I'm gonna leave it with you. Where would you like to, to, to start with this amazing topic um, of examining modern masculinity? So I guess maybe we can kind of delve into at some point, what does masculinity look like before it became modern? And what is modern well, masculinity? <laughs> it's interesting you, you say that way. Why don't we just start with the intro? You know, sure. I, I do think the, the, the roles or, or the expectations for men and women are different. And um, I think it starts at a very, very young age, you know, uh, women or young, young girls are pushed to share their feelings. They're pushed to support one another um, from, from the, the, the day they pop into this world, whereas guys, uh, it's about sports, it's about competition, it's about like physical strength, it's about, you know, <laughs> world domination, it's about winning, um, which are all, you know, competitive us. Those are all good things. But um, what happens if you don't win? You know, and so, and so then if you don't win, or, or so maybe you've had a bunch of success, and then all of a sudden you stop, stop winning. 
and then you know everyone who's surrounded you has only been with you because you've been winning you you start losing they go away and then you're alone on an island and that and i think you know that's kind of what happened with me um yes i, I was in the military or i still am in the military uh, i've done a couple tours in iraq and afghanistan and what happened was uh for kind of the they call it the documented event or or whatever um was the passing the abrupt passing of my older brother right he was captured and killed by isis and it, it was done in such a, a public way um that it just it was it was overwhelming now i don't know if it was a combination of just being in the military iraq afghanistan and then my brother jim's death happened and i what's called i caught the ptsd and my psycho my psychosis broke um but for whatever it was or whatever happened uh it was just emotionally overwhelming um and personally um kind of like what you said off camera earlier i didn't have the tools i wasn't equipped with the tools to deal with it at all and that's truly what started me down this this mission, if I will, to serve men, to have this conversation. Um, I guess the difference between modern and and I guess modern or or old masculinity to me, old masculinity is like this stoic guy. He's on top of the hill. You know, his, his chest is up and whatever. He's you know ready to take on the world alone well the fact of the matter is no one operates in a vacuum you don't operate without women you don't operate without other men so i mean that's just an unrealistic portrayal of what masculinity is to me masculinity is being trusting masculinity is being open masculinity is willing to help someone else when they're down it's all those things it's it's um there is vulnerability in that there is weakness because when you're trusting someone like, well, if I'm going to trust him or her with this job or this, you know, this knowledge, you're hoping that it's not going to just, you know, fly back and hit you in the face. And as life happens, it, it does happen that way sometimes. And you learn who to trust and whatever you create your circle uh, of trusted advisors but that whole thing, it, it really speaks well, it briefs well, but that was a lot of trials and tribulations that I had to go through to learn all that, to sit here and speak to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you don't mind, can we kind of dissect a bit of uh, points that you've brought up? Because each and every one of them has so much value and so much hidden wisdom behind it in the sense mm -hmm. that many men struggle with mental health. Mm. Many men don't even acknowledge that they have struggles with mental health. What was it like for you to recognize that you were, dare I say, labeled with PTSD? I mean, that's huge in and of itself. So uh, to be perfectly blunt, I only realized it um, 
really openly realized it and like spoke it out loud to like friends and family and and here on zoom uh two three months ago my brother passed almost six years ago um during the some of my episodes of ptsd you know very super close to the edge you know super close to the edge of making a permanent decision for a temporary situation and and i think rock bottom teaches you a lot the one thing it taught me is you know yes i'm i'm having a hard time mentally but i have a pretty blessed life you know i have good family i have two kiddos that largely were 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 my why they they were you know when i was like ugh, you know everything's going wrong and like you know just feeling feeling the worst you know jack needs a dad rory needs a dad I need to be there for them. And I think that's important to have your why, to know your why. Absolutely. Um, and we're going to go to why. We're absolutely going to go to why. <laughs> um, I just, I want to be, I want to be mindful of the fact that this is November and November is yes. mental health month. And mm. I want to, it's super special to have you especially on, you know, a fellow colleague, um, well-respected and, um, and, and, and having had your own journey with, with, you know, like you said, being tempted with the permanent solution for a temporary situation. Yeah. What advice do you have for men out there that are watching and the women that support them um, when it comes to that super fine line mm. of making a decision to commit to your why, to let that pull you back, to know that you are wanted and needed in, in your life and in other people's lives. And that permanent decision has such a big cost for so many other people. It does. And, and at the time you really can't, uh, you can't see it. You're super, super myopic, super, uh, selfish in a way. I, I think at times, you know, I think with, uh, reminding myself of what the why is, I'm like, it would be really selfish of me to remove Rory and Jack's dad, you know, um, you know, or to remove, John and Diane Foley, my parents, to lose another son. That'd be that'd be selfish. Um, the other side of it is is that, um, as you well know, uh, recovery and progress is very rarely in a straight line, and if it is, it's very brief. Um, and so, one thing that helped is uh, celebrating the micro progressions because that's exactly what they are they're micro progressions because usually it's like two steps forward one step back two steps forward one step back maybe three steps backwards and then a step forward but it's 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 nugging it out and and you know sometimes i know at least for me i am the worst on myself and and I think everyone is. I think everyone's hardest on themselves and in that 
self-narrative, having a positive self-narrative and giving yourself credit, allowing to celebrate, allowing to feel the success is almost like the slow turn of a flywheel. Beautifully I mean, spoken. Yes. You know? Please continue. Yes. No, I mean, that's really it. I mean, and once that flywheel, you can you can get it going and going and going. And you can pull, pull yourself out. You know, for me, I was married. Uh, my my uh, marriage ultimately ended in divorce. Um, and I, I couldn't pull myself out. I own that. I own that a hundred percent. And so now because of those failures, uh, that's why I try to say fail better because these are all failures. They are in the past. You can't change the past, but you can sure leverage the past to learn and grow. That's what I'm trying to do. So how, how can men struggling with their mental health right now leverage their past to start making those steps in addition to the celebrations in addition to you know the positive narrative or um, developing a healthier mindset in addition to identifying what that flywheel looks like and start turning it is there anything else that you'd like to add regarding feeling better for men yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> to me, at least for me, a big part of it is, is pattern recognition, right? Tell us more uh, about that. Like, let's break that down a bit. Okay. I mean, so, so with the whole, with PTSD, you know, feeling stressed or, 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 you know, having nightmares that, you know, people, bad things are going to happen to me or bad things are going to happen to my family and, and then self-medicating, i.e. drinking alcohol or, or just kind of like staying in my room, staying outside, staying inside, not going out. Okay. So self, self introspection is hard, right? I mean, and, and, <laughs> You have to take an honest look and, and oh, by the way, you know, friends and families are like, Hey, John, maybe you need to slow down or Hey, John, let's, let's go out. Let's, let's go out for a walk. Let's go out. I know a couple of buddies are just like, let's go out to the, you know, shooting range. Maybe, maybe that's normal for folks that haven't been in the military, but it's therapeutic for some veterans, you know, and, and let's just say, no, no, no. Nope. And, and even with my, my wife at the time, you know, John, let's take the kids to this or let's do that. No, nope. no, nope. you know, and, and so you just, you basically just curl on a ball and just, I don't know, like self-loathing, you know, it's just suffering, it's just suffering. And so to, you know, break that cycle, I'm not, I'm not saying go out and, you know, run a marathon, but maybe the first step is you get your cup of coffee and you step outside your front door and you let the sun hit your face. That to me is a win. That to me is something to be celebrated. And that's, that's like one of those little micro progressions that most like normal people that are just doing this and doing that and, you know, rock and roll life. I'm like, 
that's not hard. Well, yes, it is. For some people, it can be absolutely. For yeah. the, for some people, it could be hard to just get out of bed, especially when they know the weight that is on their shoulders, the responsibility that they have uh, waiting for them. Getting out of bed itself is a struggle. So yes. when you wake up and you commit to being self-reflective, when you commit to noticing the patterns, when you commit to failing better, to know today I might fail, I might get one foot out and not the other one, but I know that I tried and I'm gonna try again and I'm not gonna give up on myself because the minute we start giving up on ourselves, we believe the world has given up on us. And that's 100%. But that's not the case. <laughs> no, it isn't. It isn't. It isn't. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's just like in anything in life, right? I, I also think in our culture, right? You know, you look at like uh, Elon Musk. Yeah. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. We recognize them and we celebrate them at the end of their journey. We, we don't see them in the dark holes working the hundred or, you know, plus weeks on their couch, not sleeping, you know. Uh, Breaking up in, of marriages, breakdown in their relationships. Yes. Bankruptcy yes. with some of them, not necessarily those, but like others. You know, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's the yes. Lots of despair that people fall into that we don't hear about. Yeah. All we do, all we see is is the end result of of you know being a billionaire and celebrating that, and we never celebrate. You know, people are like, oh well, nothing ever good comes from suffering. I disagree. There's a, there's a ton of good stuff that come from suffering, persistency, consistency, and showing up and being present. You know, there's a ton of growth and, and men and women like those individuals that we just talked about are examples of it. But the problem is we always celebrate the end of the journey and not the beginning because, oh, by the way, no one recognizes anyone at the beginning because they're like, oh, this is just some schmo trying to, you know, build amazon i was one of them i remember when amazon was first starting just selling books online i'm like that's gonna go nowhere does anyone even read anymore you know with the the whole digital media thing and like well that john foley was definitely wrong obviously <laughs> you know but so yeah so uh, i'll ask you one more question and then we'll move on please. yeah for many men especially when they're in that mental state and this is true for women too but being that our audience is mostly men in yeah. that in that mindset of i can't do this i'm in the depths of despair i'm in the pits i'm whatever the term may be how do you ask for help how do you ask for support because sometimes that could come in different ways and it doesn't have to be get me out of the the pit it could be you know could you just wake me up in the morning to make sure that i'm breathing where yeah. when do you ask for help and how do you ask for help for those men that are struggling with the ask yeah i mean uh i, I can only talk for me yes um 
but I would say in little ways, you know, there are a number of times when even to this day, right? So there, there are friends that I've known post my brother's death and pre my brother's death. And I find even some of my closer friends I know pre my brother's death, it's just kind of weird. It's like, you know, is he going to cry on me if I ask him something? Like, or is he going to like, you know, I don't know, like just, just explode into tears or he's going to have a raging fit or, oh my gosh, he has the PTSD. Is he going to be like some kind of weirdo? And so uh, it's almost like a two-part question, right? So, because again, we don't operate in a vacuum and, and I hope and pray that all men at least have one person, male or female, to reach out to. And so one is, you know, with the example of stepping outside, maybe just go ask to have some form of, of human connection, whether it's FaceTime, Skype, a text, you know, and, and the other side is, is we have to work with the other half is, I, I understand that everyone has a battlefield that no one knows about, but we have to engage, you know, um, immediately after when I, uh, when the whole thing went down with my brother, I was in Belgium, they returned me to the States. And when I was in the States, you know, it felt like everyone was having conversations around me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that guy. There he is. Do you hear what happened to him? And, and that's, that's even worse. Yeah. That's even worse. So my thing is, is directly engage the person. Hey, are you having a bad day? Hey, how you doing? That's it. And, and if he, I guess in this case, he or she will say, no, I'm good. Or no, I'm okay today. Or no, I'm not doing so, so hot, but I'll make it. Those are honest answers, you know, and, and they're not like, and, and that's good. Yeah. Like to have that like honest and transparent conversation doesn't mean like 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 there's gonna be like word vomit. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for Those that. Those are real. And, and 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 that's what it comes down to, to be honest, because the 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 show, the program, the Zoom calls, the workshops, the podcasts, it's all called genuine men for a reason. It's about men finding the truth, the transparency the honesty within them and letting that come forth and being okay with it, despite what other people think, say, label, assume, expect. All the shoulds, musts, and have tos, and should nots, and must nots, and have nots disappear the minute that we are clear as men, women, human beings are clear about what's coming from our soul, what's coming from our hearts, because that is what's true. So it's yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I think the other thing that men need to, to do better with, especially um, heterosexual married males, right? And I did this, right? They 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 funnel, and I don't think it's necessarily fair. They funnel all the emotional support onto their spouse. Yeah, and I'm sure they picked a really great spouse, but like these women are not miracle workers right and so like um 
and again, this is just something I learned after is that like largely majority of my friends uh, talk sports, talk the news, maybe talk some politics and have a couple beers and that's about it. But now I'm like, okay, I need friends that can dive deeper. And, and, and so that way you can satisfy all aspects of your personality, you know, like the poor women, you know, they're, they're not miracle workers. They can't satisfy that. And oh, by the way, the women aren't going aren't doing the same. It's not a bad thing because women do a much better job of maintaining their friendships or external relationships. I don't know how you uh, categorize that. And that's something that men need to learn from. Esther Perel says it beautifully. Um, in our relationships right now, we're demanding for our partners to be everything mm. and then some. Mm. And it's not realistic enough. Of course, she goes into much more detail. That's the yeah. summary of it. Um, but it's not realistic for us to demand that of our partners if they're not trained, if they're not skilled, if they're not able or capable or willing to be that for us. So to have a healthy support system is so essential to ensure that if one falters, you always have backups. So my question to you would be, how did you develop that support system around you? Uh, again, pure necessity. So for me, um, I got divorced. Uh, so I immediately lost about 65% of my friends. And then of those friends, you know, of those guy friends, they were married and their wives or their family situation was such where, well, don't talk to him. I don't want you to catch that disease called divorce. And then so like, I had one or two friends. Uh, I took a tour to Saudi Arabia, which is great. I was there for a year. Uh, came back to here to St. Louis to be closest to my kids. Uh, so I could see them every other weekend. But here I am in a city, St. Louis. I've never been in. I know nobody. Uh, definitely here for my kids. But again, my, my kids talk about all aspects. My kid, they're a huge aspect. They're priority. They're the priority. That's the whole reason why I'm here. But, you know, you, you need friends and you need a social life. You need to be connected. And so... I got really lucky. Uh, I, before COVID, I, I hit this meetup. It's a guy by the name of Jason Pierce started essentially this men's group. You know, everyone says, ooh, men's group. Ooh. You know, like, what's wrong with you? Well, maybe. What was wrong with me is that I didn't have any friends. And so uh, it was great. So I got involved with these guys, meet like once a week or kind of do different meetups. And, and in these groups, we would have this discussion of vulnerability, guilt, shame. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, John, Billy, Bob, you guys all have this? Wait, I'm not special? You know, there's, there's a community of brothers out there? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe this isn't that bad. Yeah. So I got lucky and it was all, it's all through happenstance. <laughs> And sometimes that's how things happen, you know, in our lives. One thing leads you to another, leads you to another that opens a window, that opens a door. Um, I guess what's really essential is for us and for our viewers today, both yours and mine, um, to be able to see when a door opens and when a window opens. 
because mm. sometimes we have our blinders on and we could only see yet another reflection of what was another person rejecting us another person labeling us another person saying oh it's that guy again but in reality it might not be that at all but because when we're focused we're hyper vigilant about one thing for example divorce you're talking about divorce mm-hmm. so when we're hyper vigilant about you know being divorced that's all we see and hear and filter but when we start to remove the filter um it's not just about divorce it's actually about parenthood it's about companionship it's about friendship it's about shared journey it's about um the same struggles that other people experience just different labels sure. and so it it, it kind of dissolves the fear and insecurity that could come up for men oftentimes when they're creating these new social supportive networks. So really seeing things for what they are with fresh perspectives. So it's almost like beginner's mind. Um, And I learned this from my son when he sees things from a fresh perspective and I'm thinking like, why do you, like, how do you see a flower as being a flower in that way? It's just a flower. And it reminds you, or a leaf, or an ant, or or a cloud, you know, it reminds you that there's so much more to life than just the labels and the filters. Um, Mm -hmm. So moving on, we were talking about why, your why. Mm -hmm. So after, so we've gone through, you know, the experience that you experience, the, the struggle within your mind, within your body, within your heart and, and soul, dare I say, about your connection to yourself, to what happened, possibly even any feelings that may have been there residual from the experience um, of, your, of your brother passing and what role mm-hmm. you had to play with your family or your, 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 the community even, you know, your mom, your dad. Um, and then you funnel it to a social experiment, almost, <laughs> mm-hmm. in creating a connection with others in a way that's so raw and fresh. So take us to men's methodology and then get us to your why. Or if the why comes first, then. No, no. I mean, I think, I think it's like horse cart cart horse type thing exactly yeah you know i mean the why and and kind of doing a, a brief overview of what we've talked about you know the why the the mental stress distress you know the mental distress the the dark holes the successes the failures in marriage you know also say failures in and parenting, um, not being there. There's a, a ton of guilt and shame that, yeah. you know, uh, I was separated from from my kids, but it was something that I had to do for my mental well being. Um, and then, kind of, the journey back to myself. The journey, you know, the original onus of of why I had to do what I had to do is because. I had to, I felt like I had to save myself so I can be a better person 
and a better father and more present. Yeah. That, that essentially is my why. And, and that was a, a journey, a hard journey, a long journey. And I'm still on that road. And that message and that story just was like beating inside of me. Like I, like I, I had thought about doing this like simple Instagram page for like eight, six months, you know, and I was scared. I was scared of talking about mental health and my own journey in front of my friends and family because I was going to be labeled or I, or I was going to fail. I was going to fail miserably or, or, you know, I mean, there've been a couple of times where I've posted and, and people are like, John, are you okay? John, are you, how, how are you feeling? And that's good. I'm, I'm really glad that they're doing that, you know, and that, that you know, they're reaching out, but the, the story needs to be out there. Um, you know, and that's why, uh, based on having to, to, or having a need to, save myself to be more present to be more present to my kids and be a better person better man that led to me to creating men's methodology to examine what is modern masculinity to empower men to live better lives and to be of service to men and women you know we don't us men we don't operate in vacuum just like this zoom call you know yeah there's a certain synergy that happens and so that's what brought me to this point right now. So what advice do you have for men that are wanting to create shifts in their lives to pivot the experience, whatever that may be that they've experienced and, and develop or create something from that? What do you have to yeah. do? It starts with a belief. Yeah. It starts with a belief that belief leads to a decision and that decision leads to an action. Now, again, that action could be stepping outside the house with your cup of coffee and the sun hitting your face. Um, but it starts with a belief. It starts with a core belief that you can do better. You can change, but you're going to have to do the work and the work is necessary and worthwhile to live a better life. Well said. Um, tell us more about how the reaction was after that first post. Well, <laughs> it was purely positive. But like, you know, and I'm sure you, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure kind of like your own, like, you know, doing the YouTube or doing the Zoom or doing the um, the social media stuff, you, you go through these cycles, or maybe it's not even cycles, but it's like benchmarks, because I remember, like, I'm talking about life boost coffee, which, by the way, I still love, and I still helps the gut and whatever, and I'm yeah. still a big fan of it. So it's not that I was trying to be an imposter. I still love that stuff. But I remember posting and being like so vulnerable and like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? And then it was largely positive. Okay. So that was like one benchmark. And then I remember posting about, you know, <laughs> so silly posting about my failure as being a triathlete 
and how I trained for months and months. I wanted to go to Switzerland to fail, but then I failed, got back on the horse, and then was able to, to do the triathlon in Belgium. Congratulations. That was like, I didn't know that. Amazing. <laughs> thank you. Um, and then, and then like subsequent posts got ser- more serious, deeper. And, and each time I was, I, I had an anxiety and a fear. And the more you talk about it, the shame yeah. dissipates. Yeah. The embarrassment dissipates. And, and what you find is, is you know, I'm, I'm not trying, you know, and neither are you like, oh, well, you should just talk to anyone and everyone. But once you remove the shame, the self-doubt and the embarrassment, you unlock your potential and it's unlimited. It's all in here. It's all in here. And, uh, you know, it sounds, sounds crazy to say about all that with social media, but it's true and real. The fear is real. The anxiety is real. The potential for embarrassment is real. And everlasting because it's but, out there forever. Which is true, but so what? No, no, no. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. A hundred percent. But it's real and you have to fight it and you have to overcome it. Yeah. And just do it. You have to have that belief that goes through a decision and take action. Exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. No, I appreciate that qualifier. Yeah, no worries. Um, I, I mean, I've been there myself. Um, with every post, sometimes you know, I question: Is this what I want to post, and why, and and what are people going to say? And then, when I don't get into my head about it, I'm okay. So, a really yeah. healthy mindset around that, which comes from belief, you know, that that sense of I know why I'm doing this. Just like you were saying, this is about your why. I know why I'm doing this. You know why you're doing this. We know why we're serving men and supporting women that support them. We also know that if it doesn't resonate with people, there's another post. The next one might. (laughs) I mean, like the most perfect example is like yesterday's post. I I think I said something about recharging was like the worst I've ever had. You know, like as far as like insights wise, but like if that happened like a month ago, I would have been like, yeah, (laughs) like, oh, John, you're bad. You're not good enough. This isn't going to work, you know. So let's talk about that mental chatter. Let's go there. Yes, Um, please. Because the mental chatter sometimes never, you know, shuts down. How do you manage that? (laughs) Wait, wait. Um, Well, I mean, one, you manage it by doing keep putting yourself out there, keep showing up and being present. And then you kind of like you gain experience, you get these little nuggets. Oh, hey, this has happened before. And then, you know, I knocked it out of the park the next time or like, you know, I did better the next time. And like, it's, it's, um, again, it's like, when you fail, you gain that perspective, that growth. And that's why it's, it's important to fail. I have, you know, my heart goes out to those who haven't failed because at some point they will and they're not going to know how to deal with it. But it's really a blessing because through failure, through a bit of suffering, becomes growth and opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's when we get outside of our comfort zone, like that first post. Yes. 
and then the next <laughs> post and then the next post <laughs> yeah. that really opens us up to the possibility of growth like you're saying so you know, i remember i was talking to um a, a child that i was coaching a boy um and he had okay. failed his exams miserably mm. as in like he filled them with honor <laughs> he got like zeros and ones out of a hundred mm. um and 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 well dishonor um in his mind it was honor because he didn't want to put in the effort he felt that if i put in the effort i would be cheating myself out of uh the position that i don't have to study whatever that means in some child's mind was important for him to believe that so when we look at failure when we look at mistakes for this child for example at the age of 13 he really wanted to test his parents and test his teacher to see what their reaction was going to be if they still loved him enough. Hmm. If they still cared enough. You know, I even see that with my, my own son, that sometimes some of the negative behavior he does is to see, you know, to get my attention or my yeah. ex's attention. Yeah, I mean, it's... And I think sometimes we all do that a little bit. <laughs> you yeah, know, we're all a hundred percent. I know I shouldn't be putting on this poor Jack, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we all have that hurt child, you know, show, shows up in relationships. I'm, I'm sure, you know, yeah. well, it's shown up in my relationships. Let's put it that way. And, and so being aware of it is essential because then it becomes a tool. So one thing that I wanted to bring up that you just also brought up is when it comes up as a trigger, we know that it's an area that we need to work on. It's not Mm. the other person that's triggering us. It's our past experiences that are triggering us. Our Our past perception of our failures and of ourselves in those failures that hinder us from moving forward and growing. So that's another way to also look at failures and mistakes. Those triggers that we experience that force us to feel like we have to suffocate that emotion or those emotions that are coming up or that memory Mm. and what do we do about it so if you have any advice on that do share (laughs) i know that's a Um, lot in in its on its own no i mean i should bring my girlfriend on here she'd have a lot to say about that (laughs) um i mean i'm not gonna lie I, i have a lot of trouble with that um you know, and because we all bring our own baggage into any and all relationship we have, whether it's romantic or, or otherwise. Um, I think the biggest thing is, <clears throat> and I, something I'm totally trying to work on is, is being able to repair the repair cycle. Because yes, the triggers happen. Yes, you're gonna have outbursts. Yes, you're gonna hopefully or say things that you don't mean but hopefully they're not too bad and coming back and apologizing and and you know in authentic apology yeah you know so and so i i really apologize for the way i acted you don't deserve it you know that type of thing i'm sure we could do a zoom on how to authentically apologize and it'll be like just, a couple hours yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but that is important, right? <clears throat> because in any relationship, you have two imperfect humans trying to come together 
and have a, a perfect or at least ideal relationship. You know, and I think the world of my girlfriend, I think she's a very special woman for dealing with me. I think I'm super blessed. And I know I'm not the easiest person to live with. And, and you know, I think it, it was uh, Gottman. Yeah. He's uh, one as a, yeah, you know, Gottman. Um, you know, he, he says the positive uh, interactions to negative reactions should be five to one, but he prefers 25 to one. And so when yeah. you have those negative ones, you really have to highlight them. Again, the whole failure thing, highlight them, <clears throat> talk about it, and try to repair and at least acknowledge your own faults. Because that's really all you can do. You know, I, I can only control my behavior. So beautifully spoken. <clears throat> let me let me just clarify the that Dr. Gottman and his and his wife, who he met while he was doing his work, um, studied yeah. couples for 30 years. Um, mm. and what makes their relationship successful uh, for those of our viewers that haven't heard about him and, and his wife. And so that 25 positive reactions to one negative reaction is so essential because what it does is like you were saying, it kind of puts on a Band-Aid but it also puts on the cream, like for the Neosporin before the Band-Aid so that it heals. And it's not just putting on the Band-Aid so that nobody sees the wound. And yeah, I, I, I would, I would give you a different, I'd give you a different analogy. It's, it's almost like do. it gives you a bit of padding. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, on top of the Band-Aid. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, we've talked about you um, your journey away from you before, and then your journey back to you and men's methodology. What asks do you have of our audience and your audience right now? What would you like them to do with their lives in this blessed month of November? Uh, I mean, I think you know, well, number one, I really don't have any ass. I guess um, I just put it out there is uh, kind of just just look at what you're doing and look at where you want to go. It's so personal, right? I, I know where I'm, I want to go. And I appreciate you for having me on and helping me in that endeavor. Um, but where do you want to go? And what are the steps to get you there uh, and, and have that belief in yourself and look at yourself to see how you can do better. We all can do better. Yeah. And, and that's it, you know, try, fail, learn, do better. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Perfect. Um, so for the fathers out there, for the fathers out there, what can we do um, to guide them, to direct them when reconnecting with their children and, and raising their children, being that we're both parents and works in progress ourselves, um, to, to, to work with their children so that they can open those channels of communication about these topics? Yeah, so um, I'm, my relationship with my kids when I got back from Saudi Arabia over a year ago was not the best. 
Um, so, and, and I really don't have any like silver bullet for anyone to use to just fix the relationship. It's about time, consistency, and persistence. Be present, show up. I mean, I'm now on TikTok. I'm out on Snapchat, uh, you know, and I'll be on any app or, you know, whatever to connect with my 13 year old daughter. I'll be on any app or whatever to connect with my eight soon to be nine year old son. And, and I think that's a mentality that you have to have. So, but, but okay. That, that's what works for me. That might not work for another guy. Um, but the persistence, consistency and being present, that's the key. Whatever, whatever that means for, for them, us, uh, is, is critical. Excellent. Is there any specific advice that you'd give for your son and fathers that have sons? And then any specific advice you'd give for fathers that have daughters and then the women that support them after that? Yeah. I mean, these number one time is limited. The time goes so fast and, and I forget what the exact stat is but really the bonding between father daughter the bond between uh father son is like from like four to like 14 or something and so that's the window you have that's the window to make an impact that's the window to bond that's the window to create that connection that will last for a lifetime positive negative or neutral that that's mm -hmm. our window so time is of the essence time is now and I've realized that as I've been apart from both those two, I think, you know, you know, I think we could have uh, zoom calls on, on our podcast on each of them, but the, the, the end of the day, they want to know that you're going to be there. You love them and you're going to show up when they need you. And so however you do that, uh, is important, is needed. And I want to make it clear to dads out there, you are just as important as the mothers. Mothers are great, you know, but there's a specific role. That's why uh, men and women were created. There's a specific role as mother and father that you hold and cannot be replaced. So please go fill that role as I'm trying to do. Beautifully said, thank you. So not to leave out the women that are supporting these amazing- No, yeah. And these wonderful children, what advice do you have for them? <laughs> the same thing, keep showing up. I'm like, like, again, I go back to my poor girlfriend who's with me, you know? I mean, there are good days and bad days, you know? I'm definitely way more good than bad. You know, and I'm blessed to have her in, in my life. But, you know, I think it's a mentality that you have to work toward as us versus me. I, I feel like in today's society, everything's me, 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 me. And, and it, uh, if you, your mindset is the us mindset and, and how we do this together, or if I'm going to do this task or I'm going to accept this job, how does it affect us? You know, and, and that's, that's totally counterculture of putting us before me. 
And so yeah. I think, you know, and I, I think I definitely didn't answer your question, but no, I think you did. Uh, okay. There's well. something powerful um, when you talk about the us mentality. So let me, let me draw it out a bit and, and please jump in. Yeah. So us mentality is about it's us against the world. It's us against mm. everything, external uh, circumstances that can impact us internally as co-parents or parallel parenting or whatever role parents, parents may have um, to shelter their union first before you start taking in the children into that bubble. Because if that union is not healthy, the children get impacted. So that's part mm. of the us mentality as well. And it's creating that sense of security, stability, like you said, showing up, staying consistent, being responsible, as difficult as those mature adult characteristics may be for many of us who would rather state children in our behaviors sometimes, um, me included. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, we have to elevate ourselves to that level. We owe it to ourselves, owe it to our partners, and owe it to our children and society at whole, at, at large, sorry, um, to, uh, to elevate our connectivities with others um, so that when we are an us, it's us rectifying the mess that's within the, 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 the space between us so that it doesn't infect other people. That's one way of thinking. Yeah. What are your thoughts? No, in, I mean, in case if you have another one. No, I, I'm nothing to add. I think that was very well said. Yeah, no, that was awesome. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's like the chili. You know, you make the chili with different <laughs> bits and pieces. Without the beans, it's not chili. Yeah. Without, no, I mean, I. Yeah, without certain ingredients, it's not an us. It's a me. It's a you, and it's not. A union and 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 kids learn kids see uh, um and then they start creating those core values and core beliefs that we talked about earlier from what they see in those critical times of four to 14 and even before that a bit and that then defines the relationships with other partners you know spouses or friends or families or who at family members, sorry. And it also illustrates for them how they should operate with themselves. Yeah. And <laughs> if, if anything I've learned from my son or daughter is it, they are mirrors in that they model your behavior and you're like, Oof. like, I know she's acting just like me. Yeah. That is not good in this situation. And, and so, you know, that is another reason, you know, to do better to try to work on my communication skills so that way I can communicate properly to my daughter or son and say, hey, it's okay to, for you as my daughter to give me feedback. Just, just because I'm the dad doesn't mean I'm like all knowing and all powerful. Um, there are gonna be days where I'm just gonna flat out overrule you as the parent because of whatever the reason is 
but we need to have this back and forth conversation. And, and, you know, me and her actually had this specific conversation literally two weeks ago, actually it was not last, it was last Friday. It was a week ago, you know? And, and so, and as a result, our communication and just the general uh, overall happiness of the relationship is getting better as a result. I mean, it's, it's conversation. It's not a one and done. It's a constant conversation, but to know that, even if you like, like <laughs> the other day, she's like, dad, you're preaching at me. Oh, oh, okay, Rory. All right. You know, okay. I got it. I'll, I'll back off. I got it. Message received. You know, all of us parents do that. We all preach. Yeah. <laughs> but so. it, it, opening that window and dare I say, even door for our children to tell us, you know what? That wasn't right, dad or mom. That really that isn't according to what we agreed to the, the us factor now this is the family factor mm. we, us the the mom the dad the children didn't agree to that value in our home and yeah and, give, and yeah no, go, go ahead. ahead no and, and and that's exactly right i mean i'm sorry to interrupt but like i just kind of get a little excited and passionate about it. and and <laughs> and having this like literally bilateral relationship with your daughter because you are setting up this young girl you're can't say she's a young girl she's a teenager now but this this future young woman you know you know she needs to be able to speak up i want her to be able to speak up i want her to give her voice when necessary or when applicable you know i don't want to shut her down what a gift that is for her because then she knows how to stand up for herself she knows how to stand up for her needs her wants she knows what her needs and wants are and and has practiced communicating them with you as her dad and with you know your girlfriend for example as a woman and and seeing how that works and then with her brother which is a completely different world i'm sure um to 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 then give her that training ground at home you know, just like you went into the military and you had training program, an academy probably to go to, to get the training necessary to be in the, at the caliber that you were at. Our homes are the training grounds. Do we train our children? Do we train yeah. each other as partners to, to be able to do that outside? Yeah. So- and, and, yeah, no, you're right. And I think you had asked me about, you know, the father-daughter relationship or the father-son relationship. It's yeah. these training grounds, as you see, that will set her and him up for future relationships. Exactly. You know, how is a romantic relationship communication model, you know, and it's a template. Yeah. Or you're giving them a template, maybe not the right template, or maybe it is, I don't know. But you're giving them the foundation. Know. A foundation uh, yeah, to create their foundation. own framework, as you're saying, um, for them to pivot from there and to build mm-hmm. or create or to, you know, tear down and recreate if they want to or rewrite however they see fit, but you give them something to work from. It's just like going to school and then walking out with a degree, but not knowing anything. What's the point? We go into the school of life at home and we don't get the school's uh, sorry, the, the the schooling that we need, the training that we need in order to face our life thereafter, then what? Yeah, then what? Then, I mean, either, you know, then, 
you have to seek it out. <laughs> then life teaches us. Yeah. Your painful lessons. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it hurts a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So let's let's get on the bandwagon, as they say in the states, and and really commit to to investing in our families, to to creating those training grounds in our homes, healthy, safe, communicative, open, honest training grounds where they can really experience what they're experiencing, what they're feeling, what they're thinking in a way that is non-judgmental so that they know that that's their safe space. Because once they awesome. do that, you know, the sky's the limit for them outside. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say well said. Yes, I love the analogy of training grounds. I mean, for me in particular, that definitely resonates and something I'll definitely take away from this conversation. And there's so much that we're going to take away from your conversation with us today, um, John. It's been a pleasure. Uh, any parting thoughts, words, ideas, wisdoms that you'd like to share? No, I, I truly just want to thank you for this opportunity. I think this is a fabulous conversation. Um, I look forward to continuing conversation at a later date, hopefully. I definitely want to keep in touch with you. Um, and I guess my parting shot is, is, again, it's a blessing to fail. There is opportunity and growth that comes from it. Keep pushing, keep stepping. Uh, it's going to work out. It's going to turn out. It's going to be okay. It always does. It always yes. does when we believe, as you mm, said yes. earlier. Yes. Have that belief mm -hmm. yeah. in yourself. Yes. First and foremost, absolutely. And every man, every woman, every child deserves a life to live. So please choose life. Amen. Choose life. Mm -hmm. That said, I want to end with this really powerful quote that really impacted me. I've said it before on the Zoom calls, but I haven't said it in a while. And I think it really resonates right now for me. And let me know what you think. It's a slightly altered uh, quote by Kate Northrup. And it says, let the amount you've moved your body this week be enough. Let the effort you put into the project, whatever that project may be, be enough. Let the amount of time you spend really truly being with your kids be enough. Let the amount of love and intimacy you're having be enough. Let the love you have to give be enough. Let the love you have to receive and are willing to receive be enough. The world doesn't need you busy. The world doesn't need you in any other way but to be here, present, alive and that is enough thank you john thank you so much join us for our next episode on the genuine men's chat show podcast and zoom live share like and follow the genuine men's chat uh, movement on youtube linkedin instagram twitter facebook and join our genuine men's chat facebook group where you can join other men in the discussion on this topic and many others our motto in 2020 is Many men, many conversations. Have you taken your seat at the table yet? See you next time.